Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Stories by Chance, show where we come and talk all things entertainment, including movies, television, streaming. We never talk music, though. Not all things entertainment. We don't talk music. I guess we don't talk books, unless it's like really important. But yeah, I mean, if we, we run out of material, if we run out of material, I mean, <laughs> if we ever, that's, that's, <laughs> what, you, that's what you know. We yeah. got desperate. We start reviewing books. <laughs> but yeah, yeah we so, start having a book club or something. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, this week, uh, in honor of the, well, in honor of, it's weird to say, but because of the current situation of the world right now, we decided to finally take a look at virus movies in which you guys asked us to review 2011's Contagion, which I I saw coming. I knew when we put that on, I'm like, that's, that's going to win. Like, that's going to win. I'm surprised Outbreak was as behind as it was. I thought that was going to put more of a fight, but. <laughs> yeah, just because it's readily accessible on um, Netflix. I thought well, maybe that had a shot, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, I thought maybe I thought maybe twenty eight days later, honestly, just because of that the fact that Contagion's really out there. Like I feel like everybody's reviewing it. Yeah, but you know, for good reason, which we'll get to later in the movie, later in the show. But for right now, we have our US segment first, which is trailer talk. Uh, first thing we're talking about is first trailer we're talking about is for a movie called. Okay, it was called The Secret. What's it called now? I don't know. We're not allowed to talk about it because it's a secret, right? Oh. Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I looked it up as a secret, but the trailer was the out se- like two months ago. That's se- why I had messaged dare, you about dare that. To, dare to Dream. Okay, well, the trailer, they just dropped a new one like a, like a few days ago. Okay. Which is why I asked you to take a look uh, at Well, I'm sure it's bad. I'm pretty sure it's the basic gist of it. It's all good. I'm sure it is. So, anyways, uh, this is a movie based on a book. It stars Katie Holmes as a woman who she's gonna marry Jerry O'Connell, but she gets in a rear end. She gets she gets rear. Oh, sorry. She rear ends Josh Lucas, and you know he fixes her fixes her car. Tries to fix her roof, and he's got some kind of envelope from her late husband. Or maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's a secret. <laughs> She's got something. Yeah, something We've said to too much. We, said, we have said too much. Uh, this is from the direct. This is from uh, Andy Tennant, who directed Sweet Home Alabama. And yeah, this is kind of Sweet Home Alabama mixed with what's that one with uh, Julianne Hough and Josh Duhamel? The, the, luck, the lucky one? No. Oh, that's safe, safe Haven. Safe Haven. That's it. It's, does, does this remind you of Safe Haven? It's... Uh, yeah, this movie's a total. It, it reminds me of a Nicholas Sparks book. Although yeah. it's not a Nicholas Sparks book, it has the feels what, of one. What do you think of the trailer for The Secret Dare to Dream? I mean, that's that, that's the vibes I got from it. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those like those cheesy chick flick rom rom movies just kind of like kind of like who it, like it said it was directed by the guy that did Sweet Home Alabama, which was like that. So you got that feel you even brought Josh Lucas back. Um yeah, I, that's what I get. I got the and, and the other movie I was thinking possibly because there was storms in that one, and it was in North Carolina. Nights in Rodanthe with um, Richard Gear. Richard uh, yeah, as, uh, world, number one general fan, Richard Gear. Yeah, I mean somebody has to be, you know. So uh, yeah, <laughs> but know? yeah, it, t- total total rom com type film, and I I got Nicholas Sparks, like I said, vibes on this. I will say it's. Got me intrigued because I want to know what the titular secret is, but I'm not gonna get fooled. I know it's gonna be something stupid, like you know the the 
husband died in combat, and this is a guy he served with, or this is a strange brother. Or or Josh Lucas is somehow like the 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 husband reincarnated or something. I don't know. Oh God! If that, you know, if that happens, I'll I'll give it props. That's well, that's, that's a, no. well, no, because I'm thinking like vibes like that. It's, it's almost like Josh Lucas was like the the husband or something like that. It's 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 weird. I will say it's a, the the twist in this is way less obvious than the twist in uh, Last Christmas. Yes. To where like it was like spray painted on the walls what what the ending of that movie was gonna be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but uh, regardless, the secret is currently set for a. Oh, actually, it doesn't have a release, but it will come out at some point. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to come out. What's it called? It's sp- it's supposed to come out in April. Yeah, April seventeenth. So that uh, I- I'm guessing VOD on this one. Maybe, uh, probably. Mm. I would assume. Which... Jerry, o- Jerry, I don't think Jerry O'Connell really. Packs it in for the theater crowd anymore. Well, you see, that's what ha- that's what happens when you lose all the way from childhood. Like, you know, you know what still movies? Chubby Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, you need to get fat again. <laughs> I will say, it's like I, 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 feel... I always like Jonah Hill. I like fat Jonah Hill. Yes, yeah, well, skinny skinny Jonah Hill is just terrifying. But like, I, but like, remember, I, I remember like being just completely shocked when I found out that he was the chubby kid from Stand by Me. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. You go back and see that, you're like, wait, you can see a little bit of his face, but it's it's crazy. Bit, like, like, yeah, it was that he's had a he's had a glow up, and he's got a Sir, yeah, he's got a hot wife. Uh-huh. Uh, this is true. But yeah, so uh, next show, next and last show we're talking about, I should say, uh, is for an HBO series called Lovecraft Country. So Lovecraft Country is a move is a no, it's a movie. It's a show by I believe it's by, believe it's by Jordan Peele's production called Monk, Monkey Paw. It's uh, produced by yeah, or then Abrams has his name on it too. That's right. Ooh, so that power that power's combined. <laughs> Coming together. <laughs> uh so yeah, no, JJ Abrams and uh Jordan Peele, actually producers, created by Misha Green, who did Underground, which is actually like a really, really underrated show. It's actually quite good. And he would Carry uh, over one of the stars, uh, Journey Smollett Bell. Uh, stars Jonathan Majors, who I've raved about in Last Black Man, Sa- Last Black Man in San Francisco, playing Atticus Black, uh, a man looking for his father, put on Michael K. Williams. Who, man, how much money is he getting from HBO? <laughs> he's in, he's in a lot of stuff, like between The Wire, Boardwalk Empire, Bessie. Like, yeah. he, he has a lot. He has a lot of shows for them. Uh, he, yeah, he he is definitely a workhorse for him. That's for sure. They, they definitely show that, that that they like him. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, he's looking for his father in a place called Lovecraft Country, which is a place where you know weird Lovecraftian things happen. If you're not familiar with H.P. Lovecraft, you are. You just don't know it because yeah, he was a massively influential horror and science fiction ish writer. It borders on science fiction. Because, uh, yeah, like, Monster Design was there. Like, he's he influenced a lot. Like, like Cthulhu, he created that. <laughs> and that's just, that's cool in and of itself. But, yeah, uh, massively influential writer. And it looks like this is going to be, to H.P. Lovecraft, what Castle Rock is to Stephen King. You're not familiar with Castle Rock. It's on Hulu. It's a show where, you know, it takes place in Castle Rock, Maine, where, like, all of Stephen King manners of stuff interact with each other. Yeah, it's, you know, I haven't watched the second season yet, but the first season actually is actually quite intriguing. 
and Abrams behind that as well. Uh, but Russell, what do you think of the trailer for uh, Lovecraft Country? Well, the short trailer we got, uh, it hooked me. I was really curious about it. Um, anytime you put Peel together, especially with J.J. Abrams, I had almost like a lost, uh, lost meets like us. Lost us like me, you know what I mean? I got that type of feel to it, especially. Let's, well, then let's hope it's more us. That? Let's hope it's more us than lost. Guess. But I mean, because I got that loss with the monster, like just this, the whole stuff about it. It just it, it, it had that eerie lost vibe. But uh, definitely uh, super super curious about this one. Uh, I like I said, it, it doesn't come out till August, so we have probably a couple months before they probably throw out another trailer again. But from what I saw, definitely uh, intrigued by this. I will say this trailer feels long as hell. Like this is the longest, it does. longest minute and a half of my life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it looks interesting. It's definitely gonna. I mean, I'm already gonna get HBO Max, but this is this is definitely gonna sell me a little more because I do I do think it looks really cool. Can't wait to see all these Lovecrafting things get brought to the mainstream, which is funny because Lovecraft's kind of having a resurgence. Because yeah, like, like that Nicholas Cage movie, Color Out of Space, which is becoming like a cult favorite. Uh, you have Underwater is kind of like retroactively made a Lovecraft movie. <laughs> if you don't know what if you don't know <laughs> what that means, I mean my, minor spoiler, but uh, we, minor spoiler for Underwater. But like like you give, like you give a shit. Uh, it was revealed at the end of the movie that Cthulhu is behind the whole thing, which, is, which was weird. I, I, so underwater actually wasn't that bad. You're talking about the uh, Kristen Stewart. Kristen yeah. Stewart. Kristen, yeah. Yeah, that one actually wasn't wasn't too too bad. I actually no. liked it. Oh yeah, it wasn't wasn't terrible. It was actually pretty pretty okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was a <laughs> middle Lovecraft movie. I'm telling you, he, kind of like Stephen King. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back hard. <laughs> uh, Bring so, it back. So that's gonna do it for trailer talk. Now we move on to movie news. We now see. Let's let's see. Has has Corona delayed anything else? Let's find out. Because I don't remember. Not in the world of Christopher Nolan. Oh no, Nolan is <laughs> trying hard <laughs> to get. He, it, it's almost funny how hard he's trying to get Tenet to make its July release date. It's just like, yeah, like it, it's, I can see it, it's, it's good. It, it's funny because uh, I can see him. He's like the Joker. Hit me! I want you to. I want you to do it. Hit me! <laughs> And uh, yeah, he he's standing in the middle of the road. He's Corona, like, I mean, COVID nineteen ain't stopping Nolan apparently. Nope. I mean, he's he's, he's trying his damnedest. And hey, props to him. <laughs> I mean, look, I fully support Tenant going to theaters because I'm looking forward to that movie. I will definitely see it if it goes to theaters. Yeah. Maybe not if they imply the, uh, employ the like TSA like style of selling tickets. <laughs> I, I I saw this. Yeah, that's weird. Like, if you, in case you didn't hear, uh, the new method of, I guess, screening for theaters is going to be like a TSA. Then like, you have to take, take your temperature and like make sure you exhibit no, no symptoms. Just like, and I think like theaters only going to sell like twenty five percent capacity, anyways. Yeah, but it's just like uh, like that. That much effort's almost not worth it. Well, think of all the money they'd lose too on top of it. So I mean, yeah. it's just tougher, you know. Yeah, so it's almost not worth it just to to keep that. But let's see. Uh, as far as delays, nothing. I think John Wick Four got got its release date pulled, which sucks because that now means Keanu Day is no longer happening. What was the other one? That they the, there was another sequel that got pushed back. It said John Wick Four and something else. Was, oh, I can't. I cannot remember. 
there was another sequel though I remember. Because I can't think of it. It was it was it was looped in with John Wick Four. I cannot think of it. Uh, uh, yeah, no. If, I don't if, know. If if it comes to us, we'll definitely talk about it. Uh, see, Seth, Seth Rogen's comedy in American Pickle is going to HBO Max, which a good get for them. Seth Rogen, the big draw. <laughs> I think that. Uh, I think that uh, it's a good. It's probably. I mean, I don't know anything about Bad American People. I know the, I know the plot, but we haven't seen a frame yeah. of the film. Probably a good get. Uh, let's see what else is there. Oh, speak, speaking of theaters. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it was announced that uh, AMC is basically going to war with Universal. Yeah. I, oh man. Uh, I, I say that. I say that like it's a movie. No, this is like a serious, semi-serious thing. Uh, AMC has said that over Trolls Two, <laughs> that they are no longer going to play Universal movies. To which <laughs> the entire public said bullshit. It's like a it's like a elementary school breakup or something, man. Basically, no, like, no, you're actually not wrong because you think about it, like Universal is maybe the third biggest movie studio on the planet right now. Yeah, and you gotta understand the other thing that I, I that I Trolls Two would not have made that much money had it been in the theaters. But it also had did, it done. But you, it also had, did, had it done. You know what I mean? It didn't make as much of their advertising. They're still taking a huge loss on it. Oh no, for sure they are. I mean, I think they would make less money released if they actually released it out. I mean, it did well enough because I mean, people were trapped at home, so we're obviously, and especially like in my circumstance, like I have kids, so it's it's a lot different, you know what I mean? And I think that the the you know demographic on that is obviously tailored towards children, but you know what else are you gonna do? I mean, I think this movie wouldn't have made as much money in the theater had it been released. You tell me, grown men and women are are lining up to see Trolls World Tour. <laughs> Um, not that I'm aware of, unless but, you know something I don't know. But yeah, uh, they've said they're not playing Universal movies, which is kind of weird for a business that's going out of business to refuse the movies of Universal. Because like, because like, you think about it, no more Fast and Furious, no more. What are the big IPs they have? No more Universal monsters. Fast and Furious. What I was thinking. Uh, they wouldn't get Jurassic World three. Which I know it doesn't sound. I know these don't sound like huge losses, but for like someone who works in the um, the movie theater business, these are movies you want to play. Oh, for sure, absolutely. So, and on top of it, if you're hurting for money, like you shouldn't be select about what you're going to play. You should welcome anything that's thrown out to you. You know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, and in addition, Regal <laughs> jumped in. Your boys, Regal. Decided, I know. They uh, to jump in. Just disappointing. <laughs> I, mean, I was just like, really? Can't we just keep our mouth shut? Which means, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, two of the world's biggest theater chains have decided to call it quits with Universal, or so they claim. I seriously, I seriously, there's no way. It. There's no fucking way. <laughs> no way in hell. Like I said, behind Disney, a- after the, after the purchase of 20th Century Fox, behind Disney and Warner Brothers, Universal's probably like the third biggest movie studio on the planet right now. Yeah, I would. Uh, that'd be safe or to at, say that. At, at least in Hollywood. So, yeah, there's no way you're refusing, you're refusing their business. Especially when you've you've been closed for a couple months and 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 like took the you know the fiscal hit with that too. You know what I mean? So you shouldn't be really like, oh, we're only we're like super select about what we take. It's like, no, it's like if this movie puts you know butts in the seats and makes you money, uh, I don't care what it is. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, they're. 
Uh, we, we seriously doubt this is going to go through, but no, no, that's it. We just seriously doubt it's going to go through. No, it'll never go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's it for that. Never go through. Uh, you know what? We talked a lot about bad sequel titles. We talked a lot about them. But you know what? We finally have a sequel title announcement that is not complete dog shit. Because Space Jam 2 has announced their title. There will be Space Jam A New Legacy. Which I know doesn't sound great, but compared to the other things we've seen on this show, this is a step up. I mean, yeah. It's it better, it, eh, a little bit better than James Bond. Yeah, well, which is like... Which was like the best worst title we had. <laughs> that was the crown. That was the crown jewel. But like they should just call it a Bond Twenty Five. They should. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, it, I, I mean, just I'd call it Bond Twenty Five. Movie perfect because that's what everybody's going to refer to it as anyway. The movie itself is going to change everything. So why not? Why not just call it Bond Twenty? You know what? No, they should especially actually like make all the bonds their numbers. It's like Bond One, Bond Two, Bond Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bond Twenty Three. <laughs> There you have it. Make things so much easier. But yeah, Space Jam too. Look, y'all, y'all, y'all know me. Y'all know how I do. Y'all know how much I love Space Jam. And I'm not gonna say I love this title. I mean, I I don't understand why we can't just call things just uh you know title of the first movie two followed by a two. Like what's wrong? Like what's wrong with that? But hey, definitely excited for Space Jam when it comes out next year. Uh, n- oh. <laughs> Actually, the bad titles come back because oh, oh boy. I spoke too soon. That, that's right. There is one. There is one. Uh, because Sony took this time. Look, Sony has tried several times to launch their Spider-Man cinematic universe. Tried it with Sam Raimi. Oh, failed. Yeah, tried, it, tried it with Mark Webb. Failed. But they somehow have something going with Venom. Again, somehow. And they have now officially titled their universe the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. The Spunk, if you will. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is... <laughs> oh. You know, we used, to, we used to say that the DCEU was the worst title for a cinematic universe. Then the Dark Universe came, and now we have this. this Not is good. This is worse than the Dark Universe. <laughs> Oh, this is bad. This is really bad. This is so bad. And what sucks is this is this is working. Yeah, I I do not know. Oh, the person who came up with it probably feels like like this big giant like, like a, he probably feels like a badass. Freaking, probably feels like a freaking genius. It's like yeah, I did that. It's like uh, anybody could have done that. <laughs> I mean, like that's that's awful. That's an awful title. <laughs> It's like saying, like, the Warner Brothers universe of DC Comics superhero characters and villains and stuff. Oh, man. Not good. <laughs> uh, M- M- MCU. Like, this, this, this is what you started. I love you, but I also hate you for starting this. Yeah. Oh, man. But I mostly, but I hate Sony more, so you're, you're, still, you're still in the clear. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got to talk about. Uh, ooh. Actually, this is this is a good one, uh, Russell. I know you're familiar with the cultural event of "Now You See Me." Had a sequel in 2016. Now you see me too. What if I told? Oh you, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if I told you we are getting the concluding chapter of the "Now You See Me" trilogy? Yeah, I mean, okay. Now the first first one was really good. My wife really liked that the one. She one loved twist like, endings and stuff like that. So the, that one had the first one was like surprisingly fun. The second one sucked. The second one's terrible. The second one sucked. <laughs> the second one's awful. 
yeah. So no, I am not excited about a third one. If that's what you're, they really, we could have just left it at the first one. It would have been perfect. They didn't come out with another prestige. They didn't come out with another illusionist. Leave it. It's fine. And illusionist wasn't even that good. Well, also came out the same year as the prestige. So that's not, that's not good. Well, true. It's always going to be referred to the, you know, like the volcano Dante's peak, the Armageddon deep impacts, the years that two movies with similar uh, plots come out, but it is what it is. We didn't do one of those again. We haven't haven't done one of those since our first season. I'm telling you what, I'm thinking volcano Dante's peak, man. It's not a bad idea. That was a good one. Maybe. We'll think about it. But that was a good one, man. I, 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 I totally remember. Those two are really good. Uh, so yeah, if you're if you like the Night You See Me movies, first of all, why? Second of all, <laughs> you get it. You're getting why? your third chapter. <laughs> Second, no, sorry. First of all, yeah. why? Second of all, why? Third of all, <laughs> no, just why? <laughs> and yeah, you're getting just... your third movie. Hooray! For the trilogy, you didn't know that they wanted. You did like obviously, yeah. you know. I don't even know the the trilogy that they the trilogy thought you that, wanted. The trilogy they thought you wanted, but maybe someone asked for. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, the one one person's like, he's like, yes, thank you. Speaking of movies, nobody asked for. Remember, uh, another story involving involving the spunk. Uh, <laughs> the, it, there's talks from from someone up at Sony saying that uh, the Black Cat and Silver Sable movies, which were together, but now are separate. Now, Black Cat movie and Silver Sable movie could go to Disney Plus. To which everyone just like the fuck. What, what are you talking? About? What are you talking about, Willis? Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the only way in which I could see Disney agreeing to this. Because do I believe Black a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie would not do well in theaters? No, I do not. If Cat if Catwoman couldn't sell tickets, what makes you think Black Cat can? And no one know, and no one knows who Silver Sable is. Russell, do you know who Silver Sable is? Um, I do not. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, so, the only way I could see this move going forward is if they gave, if they, along with this, they gave Disney the streaming rights to the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, because aside from the Incredible Hulk, those are the only two MCU movies that will not be on Disney Plus. Uh, so, Russell, if you, if you're you know if you're if you're a Disney exec, do you agree to have these Spunk movies on your on your service if you get the Spider-Man films? And also, does the does the line stop there? Do you think they also get the rights to you know Venom and Venom Two? Let there be Carnage and Morbius, the fucking vampire. <laughs> Where does, where? I mean, well, yeah, that's a, that's the thing. If you do it, then where do you draw the line? Like, because yeah. obviously, if you say yeah, then more and more things are going to be wanted to be incorporated with it. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. To me, it's like I wish it was just all under one umbrella, which would be really nice. It was just all under one big thing. We wouldn't have these like, you know, Sony and then just you know Marvel and just just like different things. It's just like I wish that you know we could just come together, put it all under one big umbrella. Then that way. You know, like us as like, you know, comic movie fans and stuff like that, I think would be great because you can put anybody in. It doesn't have to be, you know what I mean? You don't have to tiptoe around things in order to like, you know, have characters in these films, you know? Well, Russell, this is what happens. I don't know. I, I, to, to, this is what happens when you go bankrupt. In what's the, that? This is what happens when you go bankrupt in the 90s and have to sell all your most popular IPs. I get it. I'm just saying like now they're like, wow, it's like, you know, all these, these, you know, all these, uh, <clears throat> 
franchises now are like really, you know, you don't really need it. You know, they're, they're they're the wants there, the demands there for these things. So I don't know. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. I seriously doubt it though. Uh, I doubt it too. I think it's going to stay as the, the way it is. Something we, something we should talk about at the, at the top of it. Uh, we lost a really underrated, a really under underappreciated talent, at least in America. Uh, Irfan Khan passed away. He was having, uh, I believe, it was colon disease, something around there. Uh, he was fifty six. Colon, years old. yeah, yeah. something was colon. Uh, fifty six years old, and he was he was a fin- he was a great actor. Like I thought he was awesome. If you, you don't know who he is. He was in uh, Jurassic World. He was in Life of Pi. Some dog millionaire, but he was huge over in India. He was a huge Bollywood a- Bollywood talent. Uh, one I one I would recommend people checking out if you want to see how good of an actor he was. Uh, 2013's The Lunchbox. Uh, it's a really good romantic drama. Uh, starring him, he's fantastic in it. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is a huge loss. He was he was such a great actor, such an underrated talent. I always like seeing him pop up and stuff. Yeah, and, and like I said, I always remember. I mean, I know a lot more of his American work. Obviously, I think like a lot more like people would. But uh, yeah, he was he was really good in Life of Pi and Slumdog Millionaire is probably the one where you really know him from because that movie just you know blew up when that movie came out. But yeah, really good actor, and it's sad that you know cut short. Yeah, it's it's a uh, tragic, tragic. Uh, next story we're talking about is uh, kind of a weird segue to this, but remember Transformers, Russell. Remember when we were excited? I do. Remember when we were excited for those movies? Yes, I I do. Do you? Because I don't. Well, I remember. I I remember what the, f- the first one came out the Fourth of July. Okay, what it was seven? Didn't I'm it? sorry. Yes, the the, the the yeah, I was seven. The first one I was excited for because I wanted to see Transformers. I was Transformers Absolutely. shit on the big screen, and I and I was happy to get for it. Sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, we have some reg- news regarding the Transformers movies. First of which is uh, there's going to be a animated prequel, which has been talked about forever. But this time they got a director in one Mr. Josh Cooley, who just won an Oscar for Toy Story Four. Should be which should be interesting. And uh, in addition to that, a new Transformers movie got a release date for 2022. June 24th, 2022 is hot off the uh, after the Bumblebee's getting a sequel. So do you think this is going to be the animated Transformers film or the Bumblebee sequel? What do you think it's going to be? What, what do you mean? What, uh, what do I think it's going to be? I mean, the, for the, the, what? The, Which one's coming out first? The, the one coming out in 2022. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I would look more for, forward to the, uh, the Bumblebee sequel, personally. Like, you're asking me which one I'd rather go see? Yeah, well, or, or which one do you think is going to come out first? Which, which one do you think that date is for? I would, I would say Bumblebee 2, just because of the fact so? you've already had, had that. You know what I mean? You've had the first one. Um, it was a critic success. It was not, I mean, the big box office draw. I think we've talked about this before. Um, it wasn't a huge box office draw that Michael Bay films got, but... It was critically loved, and it's it was a good. I mean, like how we said, it really it absolutely steals the beats from ET, but it worked. Um, ET and I, Iron I just think Giant, the, Mac and e- me. <laughs> but to me, it's like that's what I would think they would probably go with on that, just because of the fact that the movie has come out and people did like it. And they they want a sequel to it. Um, animated Transformers. I don't know how well. I mean. Spider-Man and Spider-Verse is your example there that just kind of really transformed the whole entire animation game. So I don't know. I mean, 
I would if I if I had to bet though, I would say Bumblebee is the one that gets his slate, but I could be wrong. See, I I would rather see the animated movie because yeah, I want another look. The best Transformers movie is still the animated Transformers movie from the eight from eighty six, but I. Mm-hmm. I, I still I want another movie another Transformers movie that about the Transformers like I want one where they yeah. are at the forefront and it, this is how we got to do it yeah not just yeah I'll take it uh, and last news story we're talking about right now and I say this for last because it is Russell's favorite subject on the planet uh, oh boy in addition to the live action Robin Hood from the blind spotting director which yes is a real thing. We are getting a live action Hercules. <laughs> Hercules. This is me. This is me leaving. <laughs> okay, so oh, since we God. never since we never did talk about the live action Robin Hood, uh, Russell, this is a look in a, in an age of confusing live action adaptations. Is this the most confusing? Hercules. No, no, yeah. no, no, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. We'll get to Hercules in a second. But oh, Ro- oh yeah, Robin Hood absolutely is. Look, I never thought I'd see the day where Disney would make a live-action thing of anything where animals wear clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so weird yeah. to make, like, a photorealistic <laughs> Robin Hood. Especially I can't believe where, like, this is... Yeah. From the, from and call me crazy, I still, I still enjoy Kevin Costner's. I, I still will, think that's the better, I will the better one. You, I will call you crazy, because that movie is not good. And Kevin Costner is a bad Robin Hood. Well, I need... I, well, maybe I need to revisit it, but I really enjoyed it when I was younger, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> hey, Marianne. The worst Robin Hood of all time. But, all right. It's just, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so there's that. And second, the Hercules. Now, it should be, should be noted, this is coming from uh, being produced by the Russo brothers and ha- has somebody notable attached to write it. Let me, let me look this up. Let me just preface it all this by saying I'm not a fan of the original Hercules. I think that movie is just nine different flavors of, of uninteresting, all put together in one. You talking about? You're talking about the cartoon? Yes, the cartoon. The cartoon's not bad. It's 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 but it's also not great. Okay, so yeah, it's got the writer of Wonder Woman '84 and Shang Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, David Callahan behind it, and the Roosters are producing it. So here's the thing, though, because like, I I don't find Hercules the movie. I, f- I find it boring as hell. I think it's one of the weaker spots of the Disney Renaissance, and a lot of people who really love it, and I I can kind of understand it, but yeah, I watched the movie just like, this movie is just, yeesh. It's, it, I mean, I mean, it has a good soundtrack. Does it, though? It has Michael Bolton. That's all you need. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't but, yeah, it. you do. Yeah, you just need the MB, man. Go I'll go the distance. That's a good jam. I, think it's just I don't a, know. I think it's just a confusing adaptation. Just like a Vegas gospel Scarfabe design Hercules movie. What? But anyways, uh, I know you're not interested in live action Hercules. But yeah. what would it take to get you interested in live action Hercules? <laughs> if they don't make it? <laughs> I don't know. Um. I, I don't know. It just depends on who they cast. I, I know, I mean, and, and I know they already did, I know that uh, what The Rock already did that Hercules movie was completely unattached to that, obviously, but he would make a good Hercules. I think it's a little, um, you know, I, I would want to see that for that, the skinny Chris Evans in the first act of Captain America version of The Rock. 
<laughs> uh, that'd be interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I really I'm getting tired of these live action films. Actually, that's that's the thing you could do. Like, you know, with like, well, first of all, we already had the, we already had the better Hercules called Captain America: The First Avenger. Uh, but like, you know, <laughs> there is grounds to do like a really good version of like superimposing the face of like a bigger actor onto a skin. Like actor. Jason Momoa, that commercial. Yeah. Oh well, better than that, but yeah. I mean, I mean the, well, you know, you know what I mean, though. No, I know something the, like that. Yeah, the concept was funny. It's just like, yeah. I mean, but look, look, looks more convincing. I get what you mean. But ooh, just Jason, yeah. Jason Momoa's Hercules. Not about not a bad idea. I would, I'd pay to see him here sing "Go the Distance." Yeah, why not? But in, in, actually, in, a casting I think could be interesting is, I think Bob Odenkirk would be a good Hades from Better Call Saul. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show. Just, just because, like, that's something. I, like, the only thing I really love about the original Hercules is the villain. Because the thing I love about him is like, oh, James, James Woods is great. And the, the thing I like about him, he doesn't talk like a villain most of the time. He talks, he talks more like a lawyer. <laughs> so why not get the yeah. lawyer to play him? Yeah, might as well. Why not? But yeah, uh, I wonder what Disney has left that they could adapt to live action. Let's see. Disney animated movies. I mean, we've, they've gone through quite a bit already. Uh, let's see. Since the since the inception of our podcast, they've let's see, they've uh, gone through quite a bit. Mulan did it. Little Mermaid's in the works or it's shooting. Lion King did it. Robin Hood done. Or I guess it's happening now. Cinderella well, done. Aladdin done. What are we gonna do with the live action Emperor's New Groove? What about Pocahontas? They already are they doing that too? No, they're not. They're not touching that with the template pole. <laughs> As they shouldn't. Hunchback and Hunchback and Notre Dame. They didn't do. I think maybe that was in the works. Maybe maybe that's in the works. I can't remember. I I, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of the things. Uh, Tarzan. They did. Tarzan. Kind of. Did they? Is it that that Legend of Tarzan? Was that kind that, of that wasn't a Disney that one? Was, huh? That was WB. So they could do they could do Tarzan. Tar, tar Tarzan would work. They shouldn't. Um, but I'm they just. Could. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, like, one they should do is black, wanna... the one they should do is Black Cauldron. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Just because that one didn't, there's good pieces of that movie that don't come together as a whole. I think doing that again could benefit uh, a goofy movie. Why don't we do that? Do that live action? <laughs> Who would you cast as Goofy? Uh, yeah, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you don't. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, as long as Disney's making live-action movies, we'll be over here to talk about them. That's gonna do it for uh, our yeah. news section. We now go into our review of the week, 2011 skin. <coughs> oh no! <coughs> Sorry. Oh god, Russell, you're gonna oh. die. Oh. Uh, <coughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> 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 I, I, thought that was, I thought you did it on purpose. I thought that was the joke. Oh, no. I definitely did it on, I did it on purpose. Okay, I'm making sure. Okay, I'm, I'm, I was making sure. Okay, so. Yeah, Contagion came out in 2011, directed by Steven Soderbergh, who I don't think we ever talked about a movie he's directed. Not to my, not to my knowledge, anyway. Uh, we have not, and uh, really good director, so kind of looking no, forward he, to talking about it. Here's the thing. Like, I, Steven Soderbergh's a guy who I may not always like what he's doing, but I think he's always doing something interesting. Like I think at least, yeah. I think at least like good two thirds of his movies are good. Are good at least good. Yeah. 
Yeah, he has his. I, no, I agree. I agree. He has his one third that are like really like weird to bad, but I think overall I would classify him as a great filmmaker, Oscar-winning filmmaker, best director for Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. What, what did he win for? I, I, yeah. I thought a boss he is. He he had two best director nominations in the same year. I thought he won. Wait, was he? Do he win? He didn't. Win, I thought he won for Traffic. It was one. Or did he two. win for Aaron Brockovich? It might have been Traffic. I think. I think he won for Traffic. I think you're right. I nominated. think he won for traffic. He was nominated for both the same year, but I think he, you're right. I think he did win for traffic. Yeah. But yeah, so this is, and something about Soderbergh that I, think I really admire is that he's a guy who's demonstrated that he can really, he can really blend into any genre that he wants to. Really can. And that's, that's, that's rare that you have a director that can actually do that. Yeah. The, the, so few directors have that kind of versatility. I mean, it's that like, it's like him. Yeah. And he's like, like a, Good. No, go ahead. You go ahead. No, I'm saying it's it's like him, Anton Fuqua. Uh, who else? I mean, Tarantino's good about his genres, but he doesn't have he's it's not that diverse. But like, yeah, there there are a couple guys who can. There are only like a handful of directors who can really just like blend into different genres. Yeah, I was just gonna call him like kind of like a chameleon when it comes to directing films. He really kind of just and like even even his. Uh, that unsane I really really enjoyed yeah. for his take on like a horror esque thriller film, which was really really good, and shot with an iPhone, which I thought was really even more intriguing. Yeah, that time we started shooting movies on iPhones, that was weird. Yeah, I mean, why not? Just because you can. Yeah, remember when he retired for like a hot minute? He did retire for a hot minute. He's like, I, I think he was like unretired within like a year, <laughs> maybe less. Yeah, I mean, he's but it, that's the thing though. He's such a influential filmmaker i think he constantly pushes the envelope he kind of he constantly pushes himself as a director and that's why i think that's why you know he just has so so much success in any genre that he really dabbles in well uh let's well, we're, we're gonna see how he dabbles with the with the virus thriller genre uh in 2011 contagion let's get into it uh we start off the movie uh we're already on day two because we're, we're told as we meet we assume was one of our main characters, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, she's sitting in an airport, talking about talking to uh, this guy who she had sex with. She's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for the sex, and uh, hope you have a safe trip." <laughs> <laughs> the, the dialogue just like just dialogue goes just like that. Maybe we can uh, do the sexy scene one more time. <laughs> the, sex, the sexy time, once again. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we we see that, but you all see she's got a cough. She's not feeling too 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 well, but then we get into the, I guess like the opening. Well, the, no, 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 no credits, but like the intro. This intro, I've never been more grossed out of humanity than I was <laughs> watching this intro, <laughs> because like you see just how many things people yeah. touch. Like, <laughs> you watch the movie, like you really, you really like get self conscious about what you're touching and where you're putting like your hands and your body. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, and and especially, and I think that you know the call to action now, nine years later, that we're going through this pandemic, we really start to like really second guess, like okay, so you touches that, okay, then somebody else is going to touch that. You can just see how easy it is to spread germs in general, spread flu and sickness, and it makes you super paranoid when you're watching this opening scene for sure. Yeah, we see that. Uh... There's cases in well, there's Gwyneth Paltrow's case, but there's a case in Chicago, not Chicago, Hong Kong. That those two are nothing alike. 
Yeah, uh, no. A case in Hong Kong. She was she was in Chicago. That's why. Uh, Hong Kong, and then there's one in London. Which they, yeah, they there's never, one in Japan, I think too. They didn't really establish how the one in London got there. Because we we, we learned uh, how the one in Hong Kong got there. Yeah. How the one in London get there? Oh, uh, wait, no, that's that's a chick from Switzerland. Ah, oh, shit, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, any, it's gotta be it's gotta be something she touches in the airport. But anyways, uh, so yeah, uh, cut it. So the end cut to uh, day three, uh, as we see one of our what will be one of our main locations, the CDC in Atlanta, headed up by Lawrence Fishburne playing Doctor Shit Sheever 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 Sheever. Okay. Uh, we also like this movie. Also has like a surprisingly stacked cast because married to married to Gwyneth Paltrow, her husband played by Matt Damon, who on the poster I swore up and down with Mark Wahlberg. Dude, yeah, I it was funny that you mentioned it because I totally like when I was doing the uh, searching for our graphics for our uh, you know the one that we always post when our um, episode comes up. I seen a poster. It looked exactly like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Not, not a good job on that one. Yeah, no, it's, it's so weird. I, I saw him, I was like, wait, Mark Wahlberg's in this movie? Where is he? <laughs> no, it's Matt, oh, it's Matt Damon. That's weird. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah. Anyways, yeah, so uh, we see that, uh, uh, you know, Cheever's talking to a, a, jan- a janitor played by John Hawks, who really kind of exploded over the last couple of years. Dude's another, another really good character actor. Again, mm-hmm. really sad cast. Uh, talking to talking about his son, which is going to pay off later in the movie. We also cut then our, our other main location. You can basically break the movie down into three. Is it three main locations? So we got Atlanta, San Francisco, Minneapolis, and then Minneapolis, and then whatever Marion Cotillard's doing, wherever she is. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so our third main location is going to be uh, is going to be a San Francisco, and our main character there is Jude Law, who is. Basically, like Eddie Brock in Venom, done correctly. <laughs> he's a exposed. He, he, he's a yeah exposed journalist who's always gonna get to the truth. Do the truth, uh, and he's, he's he's a conspiracy theorist. That's basically, what we're saying. But but Jude Law does it so much better than Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. <laughs> well, they also actually let him be British. Yeah, for some reason, which is weird. We'll get we'll get to that in a second, but. Yeah, so coming back to Minneapolis, we see that Matt Damon's son is also sick. He got whatever disease Gwyneth Paltrow had. And she, we go back to them in the house, she gets a seizure. Like, really out of nowhere, it's really violent, like, really, like, really visceral. And go back, coming back to the yeah. hosp- going back to the hospital, she's still seizing, and she dies. Like, less than 10 minutes of screen time, and Gwyneth, Academy Award winner. Gwyneth Paltrow has died. Which is crazy because you think, you know, Paltrow, or just like even like, you know, uh, Winslet's character too that we'll talk about later on, that you figure with them having, you know, it's them. You know, they're going to be in this film for quite some time, and she's gone already in the first 10 minutes. Right. Which is completely crazy. And I do love, like, Damon's response where he's just like, your wife died. He's like, okay, can I go talk to her? Like, he, like, he's still, like, he can't process what's going on. And Matt Damon, he's so good in this movie. Like honestly, yeah, and you, it, for sure, you absolutely like really sympathize with his character. I think that's the way Damon really just comes off uh, in this film that you really sympathize with him, and you kind of feel what he's feeling because like 
he's losing. Uh, he ends up losing two, you know, of his family members, like back, like in the same day or damn near the same day. So it's, it's super uh, heartbreaking for him. Well, yeah, because, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely great, great uh, role in this. Yeah. Well, like you said, because like, he goes back home and we find out that his son has just come to the same yeah. disease his wife had. He sees and he died. Yeah. So now he's going to. And so now, like, yeah, that happens. And this is where we cut to our last major storyline to Geneva, Switzerland, where we follow the World Health Organization doctor, Marion Co- played by Marion Cotillard. Uh, so, yeah, Lenora Orantes. Yes. Uh, basically find out that uh, this disease is, it's contained for now. It's the, the biggest hub of this disease is China. Like, by far. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they basically find out that they need to send her on assignment to, you know, go figure out, you know, what's, what's the deal? What's going on? Uh, then coming to the next day, we're on, day, we're on day six now. So this is where we meet, like you said, we meet Kate Winslet, who plays a CDC doctor who I think is a little a little unfair. I Like, she <laughs> she has to be American while Jews law gets to keep his accent? What the hell? <laughs> that's, that's That's rude. Uh, but yeah, so she's the one that has to. She, they're the one the CDC sends to Minneapolis to kind of investigate this whole thing. Uh, we also find out that uh, Damon hasn't quite lost everything because it turns out he has a daughter from a previous marriage who has come there to you know kind of be with her dad in this hard time. Uh, he's currently being examined just in case he has anything, as you would as you would do. And I do like the scene. I can't remember this act. This the actress playing the girl, uh, but she she's good in the movie. I, I do like her chemistry between him, between her and Matt Damon. I think the two have like well, yeah, and the, good it, connection. And we took and we totally see uh, you know Damon's you know overprotecting of her just because of the fact that's like all he has left. Yeah, and that and that really like kind of progresses the more the movie moves on. But yes, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Going to back to the you know the CDC office, Kate Win- Kate Winslet's plotline. Uh, she's basically telling all these uh, all these people about their about the disease. So uh, she's basically about breaking down like how diseases spread. The fact that it's I forgot the term she used. It starts with the, oh, it's the uh, it's I know what you're talking about the uh, R over uh, the R. No, no uh, not, not the R. R not not the R not, but the uh, respiratory informities, inf- something like that. Yeah, respiratory, respiratory informities. That's, that's it. Fomities, yeah, yeah. Fomities. So it's basically how this thing spreads, you know, through contact, through, uh, you know, being in, this, being in the same general area, not wearing masks. It's kind of like that. And, yeah, this is where we break down the R-naught, which I'll tell you, after I heard of this, I immediately looked up, looked up the R-naught of uh, COVID-19. So the R-naught is basically <laughs> the rate at which the rate at which a disease spreads. So, like, yeah. Say it is say a disease has an R naught of one. For every one person who has the disease, they're going to infect one other person, or, or yeah. most likely infect one other person. If it has uh, fact an R naught of three, for every one person disease, for every one person who has the disease, like three people, three people, other people will get it. Uh, for yeah, and yeah, the higher the R naught, the worse the disease is. So it's like golf. You want the lower number. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly like golf. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, you want it? You want the lower number? By the way, I did look it up. Uh, coronavirus has an R naught of two point two to two point seven, so not great. Okay, so 
It's it's just the stuff under polio because I think polio was what almost between two and three I think from the uh, no before, according to the movie before, when she was between, doing it between four and six which actually is accurate. Oh okay okay so it, it's 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 almost right up there with polio. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. So uh, cutting back to the CDC in Atlanta, we see our tester, one played by really underrated actor Jen- Jennifer L. Like she like she's terrific, and. You know, funny thing about this movie is the fact that she she got cast like a boss because she got she got the role based on a performance of Michael Clayton. Thing is, okay. like, she's not even in that movie. Like she was she was cut from the final cut. Wow. But I think so. But Soderbergh saw like an early version, liked her so much, he gave her this role. I think that I think that's such a great. I think it's like a great like consolation prize. Like you get you, it sucks to get cut out of a movie, but I but like you know to get cut out of one movie. And land into this one, I think is just such. I, I, I think I think it's a it's it's a good move for her. It's it's, it's a nice you know, little like nice little backup, you know. Yeah. It also should be noted that her assistant's played by Dimitri Martin, which is weird because he's a comedian. And if you haven't seen the stand up, you should that, watch it. It's hilarious. I was gonna say he totally yeah. I, I, when I saw him, I was like, I thought that was a comedian. I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Yeah, like he. If you haven't seen Dimitri Martin stand up, look, look it up. It's quite funny. And continuing with like the stack to the cast, uh, Elliot Gold shows up. Yeah, Ross and Mo- Ross and Monica Geller's uh, dad and friends. Yes, uh, find out that he is te- he is uh, working a testing facility over in San Francisco. Uh, cutting back, so cutting back to Atlanta, Brian Cranston shows up to tell to tell us that. Uh, yeah, so well because he plays, I think, someone involved with the military. Yeah, some military branch. Well, yeah, they're calling him because like this thing is getting more serious. So like this is now becoming like a government, a government type of job. So we find out that all. Uh, so, in order to keep this contained, they have to kind of, you know, sort of quarantine. Not officially quarantine yet. We get to that later. But kind of quarantine this area in Minnesota. Elementary school is shut down. Uh, keep children. Uh, well, they're mostly shut down. Uh, bigger schools. Bigger schools are allowed to stay open. And yeah, just stay home as much as possible. Okay, sorry, not yet, but like it's the, the, they're in like code. What's what's like the the lower code? Like code yellow? I know code. Blue. Yellow would be the. I know code yellow blue. would be the the lowest, right? Yeah, uh, yellow's the isn't yellow the lowest? I believe. Yeah, it's, it's the next phase. I, I know. Yeah. Code, I know code blue is like the top, and then oh, sorry, it's code blue and code black. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're not the one there. We're we're, we're code yellow right now. So uh, Kate Winslet goes to this is like this is a, like a really tense scene right now because Kate Winslet goes to the place where Gwyneth Paltrow works and it's just like okay yeah do you have, do you have contact with her no, ten days okay no so you're good uh, what last time you saw her? okay good and then there's like okay uh, that's that all we're good oh, oh there's one more person uh, the guy I picked up from the airport it's like what where is he we yeah that he's on a bus he's in the worst possible place right now he's on a bus heading to work yeah yeah. Seriously, especially when he gets off that bus. Oh, yeah, and just like the way this is edited, where like he she calls him oh. and he's just like, "Okay, get off the bus. Don't touch anyone. Don't talk to anybody. Don't stand near anyone. Just get off at the next stop. We'll come pick you up." And just the way like the music swells and like the editing of this scene is just such. It's a really tense moment. I think, I think. Oh, it's perfect. And then how they zoom in on his hand hitting touching the pole after he coughs on his hand. Yeah, it's Ugh. it's rough. Oh man. Yeah, but yeah, they get to him, but ultimately too late. He's kind of succumbed to his ease. not quite, but kind of. We also find, but we also find out that Matt Damon 
is he's not exhibiting any, any of the symptoms, which is a good sign for him. Uh, we find out that this disease is uh, its birth from well, much like coronavirus comes from bats and much like H1N1, which is a name I haven't heard in a long time until I saw this movie. Uh, yeah, it came came from pigs. And it's basically like an attacks it attacks the brain, and so Fishburn Fishburn asked Jennifer L to okay look you're the only person I'm working on this, so if you have anyone else call them tell them to destroy their samples because we can't have this getting out. Yeah. Which means yeah, Elliot Gould has to stop working on this. Uh, in, ad- in addition to that, Jude uh, Jude Law's work in this is. He like pops up every now and then, <laughs> and he doesn't really. He doesn't become like a huge factor until like the, the last hour. He yeah, he's that. he's more just kind of like letting you know. Yeah, he just basically basically just pops up and just lets you know, hey, I'm still in here. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, Marion Cotillard gets to gets to Hong Kong where she meets Chin Han, uh, Lao from The Dark Knight Rises, where she's gonna be the one like working boots on the ground. Like we ha- like she's basically the Kate Winslet. For overseas, like she's working in Minneapolis, she's working for Hong Kong, and yeah, they're the ones who had to like be like the boots on the ground type of agents for the CDC or WHO in Marion Cotillard's case. And then I think it's just it's important to mention just the fact that when um, Kate Winslet's character was interviewing Matt Damon, she finds out that uh, Damon had mentioned to uh, that Beth had had uh, relations with somebody from Chicago. No, so, oh, no, so he kind of knew he wasn't indirectly. Talking to, he, wasn't talking to Kate, he wasn't talking to Kate Winslet. He was talking to some other doctor. But yeah, no, it's, it's uh, he talks to her about like uh, you know, that she had a previous marriage, previous, eh, previous marriage with someone from Chicago, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, did he get a sick? <laughs> yeah, it was funny because then I I like this. He like, did he get sick or whatever? You yeah. know, is he is he sick? Yeah, and he, she, and they're not uh, you know they're not privy to that information. Uh, but then, yeah, cutting back to Elliot Gold's storyline, again, another scene where you're grossed out of humanity <laughs> because uh, he's sitting in a cafe and, like, you, you see, like, a woman coughing and, like, drinking her water and, like, a guy, like, first of all, unsanitarily cleaning a glass. I used to work at a restaurant. I'm oh, sorry, no. Yes, he, very unsanitary. He was, I'm sorry, he wasn't cleaning, oh, well, not sure. well it's, still, it's still unsanitary because, like, he, like, coughs in his hand and then like touches a glass he's cleaning with it it's just uh, so gross yeah so it completely cancels out the whole fact of him yeah it's like you sit there and slowly realize how easy it is to spread it and i think that's the beauty of soderbergh in this film just because of the fact that you start to analyze oh my god you get so paranoid like you're in a, a constant state of paranoia in this film yeah oh and it's also worth mentioning the fact that a huge problem I forgot to mention is that they, in order to experiment with vaccines, which I guess is a real thing in like medical practice, in order to practice with vac, what's like you know to work with vaccines, you have to be able to grow the sample or to grow grow the virus yeah. in order to see what doesn't work on it, mm-hmm. which is something they can't do. So, but because yeah. Elliot Gold goes rogue, decides to work on it himself, he is able to figure out how to grow this virus, and he tells and he tells the CDC about it. Which he wasn't supposed to do, but it's like, hey, he got, he got us one step closer. He could have sold this to someone else, but said he, he turned it to us. Yeah, yeah. Which in, in in hindsight, really does ends up saving the day on that. Yeah. So, 
uh, Jude Law insists that someone that that the government is keeping secrets, which basically is his whole his whole plot line for a lot of this movie until we get to a certain point, which we get to. Uh, but yeah, this is the point where we find out that Matt Damon is he's immu- he's immune to this virus. Which lucky him. Lu- yeah, lucky him. <laughs> yeah, he he <laughs> cannot he cannot get sick. He's the David Dunn of the contagion world. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> Matt Damon is unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> the unbreak the unbreakable Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, but uh. yeah, so he's he's allowed to go home with his daughter. And yeah, you know, it's interesting the way Damon carries him from here on out because He's like he's act. He's not like acting like he's above everything else. But like you know, he's still cautious. But at the same time, he has this kind of you know this kind of bravado to him, where like he knows that, like he knows that like he's not at risk here because he has his daughter with him. He she he knows that like she's she's like she there's a good chance she could still get it. Like we don't know if, like his immunity is genetic. Yeah. And like and like you yeah. said, half half her immune system came from her mother, so there's a good chance that she could, she could still get the disease. So yeah, I, I do like his performance. You just gotta you, you, you just gotta hope that hopefully the other half of the you know of her immune system works makes up for you know her mother's. Yeah, but anyways, uh, we have the daughter's boyfriend who I swear was like the prototype for Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, seriously. This guy must hate Timothy Chalamet because, like, this dude's jacking all my work. <laughs> uh, but he's just like, I, I just came to bring some flowers for your dead wife. Just like, oh no, you take those with you, and don't come to the house. Goodbye. <laughs> and the daughter kind of looks at him like all super pissed. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, after this, so we have Marion Cotillard examining. Hey, Go ahead. Yeah. Good. No, I was going to say, but I mean, she has to understand why he's doing it. I mean, he doesn't right. want to gamble, you know, losing the only person he has left. So, I mean, I think she kind of, she slowly sees what he's trying to do. Uh, so, but yeah, so when we come back, cutting back to Megan Cotillard back in, back in Hong Kong, uh, she's examining all the, all the footage of, well, it turns out she was there on business and she spent some, spent some time in a casino. So they're trying to pinpoint like how this disease exactly got started. So yeah, maybe that. Maybe this is fascinating. It is, because like you see, like this is it's a hard thing to pinpoint because she's playing like, what's playing like roulette. She's playing roulette or something like that, but they're constantly trying to like the trajectory of like like where she looked at or like who she touched or you know anything any form of like you know contact and then kind of you know like di- almost diagram it. Right. It's super crazy. So. Yeah, they, they they can't pinpoint the, the origin, but kind of date. We're on day fourteen now, and like you see, I love the, I love the reveal of this because it's it, the shot in the dark is a woman coughing. She gets up, you don't know who it is. Then she goes to like the bathroom. Light turns on. It's Kate Winslet. She's got it. Yeah, she's got she's got the disease. Yeah, and like I remember watching this. So I, just, I I straight up just said, like, "Oh no." <laughs> Because yeah, it's like, dude, yeah, she's a main character. I mean, like, you know, it's crazy. She's a main character. Works, she worked for the CDC, and she call yeah. she calls uh, Doctor Lawrence Fishburne. I can't think of character's name. Cheever. Cheever. That's it. I'm like Chevy, Cheever. Like Chevy Checker. I can't, I can't remember. But yeah, <laughs> uh, 
like if you want to talk about how great an actress Kate Winslet is, just look just look at the conversation because oh. she's talking to him. Just and he's just like, okay, you're gonna be fine. You're not gonna die. You're gonna be okay. And she's just like, okay, yeah, I know. I'll be all right. But like all the acting with like is in her face because like you just see it completely drop, and you just see her get like, yeah, because you really really just like depressed. Well, because she knows there's no, I mean, there's nothing. She she's gonna meet her demise, and she knows it. And there's nothing she can do about it. Yeah. Uh, yes, and Lawrence Fishburne wants to. He he wants to. He's gonna he's gonna try and get her out of Minneapolis so they can treat her back there. Which is a which is a bad idea, but there's actually ways around it, which we'll get which we'll get to in a bit. Uh, we find out that the yeah. morgue the morgue won't take Damon's wife. Which sucks because they can't have a funeral for. We find out that what else? What else is going on? Yeah, we, we're they're still trying to track the tra- trajectory of her disease. Nothing successful because she touched a lot of things and a lot of people. That sounds so wrong. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I mean it's the truth. It is the truth. She did. <laughs> uh, uh... But, and we also see that uh, Chin Han's character. Has something a little more uh, nefarious in mind because like he calls him some this homie on the phone. He's like, "It's time," and then they're driving on the street. A black van's following her, and what happens with her is he kidnaps her, takes her yeah. to her village, to his village. And he's like, "This is what's left. You're going to wait. You're going to wait with us until we get the cure." And because like, "What's like? What's what's that going to do?" Because you're going to guarantee we're we're going to get it first. Uh, and then after that, she crazy. She kind of screws off for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like she literally is just there, pretty much like like to teach kids, I guess. I've, I, I have really no idea what she's there to do, really. Yeah, but and this is we'll, we'll get we'll get to it when she comes back. But these my bigger problem, one of my biggest problem with this movie, and it, we'll get to it. But yeah, we see that Kate Winslet is she's getting worse. She's held up in that stadium that was converted into uh, a shelter type thing. Uh, but yeah, it's not doing well. We also find out that uh, Lawrence Fishburne cannot get her back because the only plane that has like uh, you know an isolation pod is being used to bring back an Illinois senator. Presence going underground, and it's going to be announced publicly that we are on officially like quarantine. Like this, we're about to go into code blue. And shit's gonna go sideways because, like Brian Cranston said, with scary accuracy, like as soon as this happens, like the grocery stores and banks are gonna get hit hard, <laughs> which is what happens. Yeah, and in it's life. yeah, it's, it's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard of any, like massive scale bank robberies, but that's what happens. You see the grocery store. I mean, yeah, grocery stores absolutely, and it, like it's it's that mass hysteria, that widespread panic. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, we find out that like nobody he's like he's like I always says like nobody can know until everybody knows. And just like if you like the second like the second you announce this, watch the pack is gonna happen. Minneapolis is gonna get, is gonna get quarantined, nobody in, yep. nobody out. And yeah, that's where it's that's where it's gonna go. So we'll see that the disease somehow got to San Francisco. Jude Law has it; he appears to have it, and he's trying this. Rumored cure called Forsythia, which yeah, he 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 drinks it. He puts it in some water, drinks it, and it's supposed to help him with his symptoms. 
And, yeah. and he's doing this on a live live stream blog, I guess. Yeah, so he's like, well, we're going to see if it works. Uh, Fishburne takes his time to call his wife, played by Sanaa Lathan. I'm sorry, fiance. Fiance, played by Sanaa Lathan. Which, yeah, we, weird to introduce her in our halfway into the movie. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, oh, by the way. <laughs> oh, by the way, she's here too. So he, yeah. he, he should have told her just like, okay, look, you need to get out. Get down to Atlanta right now. Don't tell anyone. Just go to the store, buy something, get in your car, get, talk to as little people as possible, and you'll be and yeah, just just get here. Find out that his wife's a bit of a bladdermouth. Yeah. I guess I guess that's a trait they have in common. Because he talks to she talks to one of her girlfriends. She's just like, okay, look, I'm gonna tell you something, and you can't tell anyone. But I'm assuming she told people <laughs> because something happens later in the movie. Yes. So yeah, uh, we're on. So now we're on day eighteen. Uh, For Scythia is caught on, has caught on. People people want it, and they go into a pharmacy. Like like we see like we see one line at a pharmacy, and the, he's like, "We're only be able to get fifty doses today," and the store just breaks out in absolute panic. I like how the one lady's like, "Hey, this was a line." <laughs> yeah, it's like we're way past that point. But we all see the. Oh line. yeah, it's like yeah. We'll see that like maybe this thing worked because Jude Law looks fine. He's still alive. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe like it's not a too far fetched theory. And yeah, the next scene is where Damon and his daughter go to a grocery store, and they see that like, like every like everything's like being cleared off the shelves. People are going crazy. Matt Damon doesn't want to touch. Like he's like, don't touch anything. Just, just, just go. Like, and he gets out like right as someone's about to like raid his car. Yeah, he yells at them to stop, and they get the heck out of there. It's... Yeah, this is this is like the extreme version of what's happening right now. But like, this is this is like kind of scarily accurate. It is, and and, that, and that's the thing we'll obviously talk about at the end of the movie. But yeah, definitely, um, it it really in in, in small doses it really. It mirrors what's going on now. Like even with the, even when you saw um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's fiance Aub- Aubrey going to the store getting hand sanitizer and all those things. Like it, it's it's what's happening now. Like it's the same exact thing that's happening now. It's crazy. Yeah, we also see that uh, back in San Francisco, the Jude Law, who's still fine. Uh, he's t- he's approached by the woman who's talking to the beginning of the movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember her name, but. Yeah, uh, I don't sick. remember her name, she's but yeah, sick, it's yeah. And she's pregnant, and he and she's going in for forsythia, like his his the thing that apparently cured him. And she's like, I don't have any more. Just go home. I'll bring it to you when I have it. We find out that like he's, we find out like throughout the movie like he's become like the patrons the patron saint of the common people because, like you yeah, know, he like he the, he's the one that cured himself. He's almost like Guy Fox, kind of like he's like he has that type of like not to that extent, but you know what I'm saying though that type of like uh, notoriety. You know what I mean? And in keeping with like shocking deaths in this movie, Kate Winslet kicks the bucket. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's it was it's jarring and like I think I th- I think the deaths being like that. What's what I'm looking for? That sudden and that out of nowhere. I think it adds to the yeah. realism of the film. And I do. I do appreciate that element. Of it. it does. 
and it does. And I like the I, and I do like the 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 last act that Kate Winslet does is give the guy next to her her blanket. Yeah. I thought that was kind of it. Just it it really just kind of showed you the type of character she is that that she wasn't you know in the small amount of time that she was in the film. Uh, so yeah, uh, Lawrence Fishburne goes on TV talk about the talk about the state of things right now. You're just like, hey, look, wash wash your hands constantly, practice social distancing. Which had I seen this in 2011, would have been the again. First I heard that term, <laughs> dude. I'm just like, it, it is it is amazing how much stuff is so relevant to now. But he also comes face to face with Jude Law, and now throughout this conversation, he's basically just like, hey, the, the government's ho- the government's hoarding the cure for Scythia is the way. And you just don't, and you just don't want to admit it. And he's like, "Your cure is not backed by science." And he basically, he also basically exposes him for leaking the information that uh, city was, the cities were going to get shut down to his wife, who I get who told her friend, who I guess told a bunch of people. <laughs> so yeah, that that's yeah. out there. But the thing about this scene that kind of drives me the thing that like I really miss about this scene is Jude lost teeth. <laughs> oh yeah. He has yeah. something I noticed throughout this whole thing is like the fact that he has like a he has like the Pittsburgh British smile, and I found my <laughs> I found myself questioning him just like his teeth aren't that bad are they? And I looked it up. They're, yeah, they're it, not. Yeah. Those are fake teeth. Yeah, but I'm just like oh, why did you, why did you do that? I was gonna say that dude was a ladies' man in Alfie. He had good teeth in Alfie. Yeah, he was. I'm just like, why did you give him these teeth? Because like they're they're distracting. They're like they're like, they're like Ryan Malik's teeth in Freddie in uh, Rhapsody. I can't take, <laughs> I can't take my eyes off them now. I can't, dude. I cannot believe they went through. I, I didn't even know that. I can't believe they went through all that work to get like his teeth for this film. Yeah, it's oh, that's crazy. It's so, it's so weird, but and it's it's completely distracting. Oh, wow. Like, the whole time, I'm not listening <laughs> to what he's saying. I'm just seeing his teeth. I'm like, God, they're so crooked. He needs braces. Yeah, uh, we find out that, that the attempts at vaccines are not going well at all. The world, the world's empty. We 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 get some live footage of Russell's work in airports. Yes, yeah, it's it's the current situation now. It's like empty. I, again, another eerily similarity that I was thinking of when I was watching. I'm like, geez, so much of it they like hit they hit you know dead on. Yeah, uh, we see that Matt da- that Matt Damon's. Uh, well, Minneapolis become like kind of a not a police state, but like a really like government. I'm trying to think. Oh, you mean it's almost it's almost like on like uh not like a um not government shutdown. It's like almost a um a military like military a state, uh, yeah because military like militaristic type it is. shutdown. And like to to be in there, yeah. it's like it's really it's it's really scary. Like it's a really like harsh portrayal of what this is, and it sucks because like you see everyone. People are turning on each other. Like you go to that night. Is it like martial law? Martial law. That's that's the that's the word that I was thinking of. Kind of like kind of like uh, yeah. De- Detroit yeah. in this in the, in the movie Detroit and the actual de- events of Detroit. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, and we see like people like something I think this movie does really well is demonstrating like how fast people are willing to turn on each other. Because you look at this that night. Keep in mind, we're not even a month into this. Like this is tw- date like twenty six. Yeah. And Damon looks out the window to see that to see that uh, his neighbors got murdered and robbed. Yeah, yeah, because they're looting. It's it's crazy. And he can't call. And he can't call anyone because nine nine one one is is it's it's, it's not taking any. Yeah, 
And at that point, Damon, Damon, like this is where he realizes, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take extra steps. So he goes to his other neighbor's house, and t- takes one of their, takes one of their guns to you know protect themselves. And uh, cutting to the next, cutting to the next scene, or well, cutting to the next, what happens next is uh, Damon go back to the house. His daughter's not there. He thinks, he thinks the worst has happened. Turns out that's not the case. Uh, he's <laughs> all he is is out with her boyfriends. They're making snow angels. Oh. like. He's just like, look, I'm not sick, and you're not sick. We can't give it to each Uh-oh. other. <laughs> tries to tries to make a move. I'd get I'd get mad at him for this, but not gonna lie, I'd probably do this. I'd probably do the same thing right now. Absolutely. About <laughs> Damon, about Damon just pulls him off. He's like, get, get your little ass out of here. Yeah, he has a gun in his hand too. He has a gun, which he never draws. Which I'd be so tempted to be like, get the hell away from her. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, in a good turn of events, turns out that one of the vaccine attempt, vaccine attempt number fifty-seven, has worked. They found they found one that's actually doing well. The monkey monkey fifty-seven has not died, but yeah. Again, we find out that it's still more complicated than that because you got to do animal trial, then you got to get cleared for human trial, which could take months. And you got to distribute, which could take even more yeah. months. So just like it's a, it's going to be a long process, even though you have a vaccine that looks like. A good thing. So, yeah. in an ultimate baller move, Jennifer L. decides to test the vaccine on herself. She goes baller on this one. She, no, she does, and like, I think I, I actually like, do like the character movie, like with the movie we see a lot. But yeah, like it's it's I, she is said to be to be that. Especially in the next scene where she goes see her yeah. dad who is sick, and he's just like, remember when? Remember when you told me about the scientist who? Uh, the, the bacteria, the, the that bacteria called ulcer, cause ulcers, not stress. And so, you know, he he got, he got himself sick and cured himself. Like that's what I'm doing. I'm doing what you taught me. I think that this is maybe my my favorite scene of the entire film. Just Jennifer L and her father, like just because you you totally see like why she did this. Because like you know we see it in movies all the time. Like scientists like we only test subjects. I'll be the test subject, and they test it and get like superpowers and goblin gliders and stuff like that. But yeah, in this in this yeah. movie, like they make you. They show the humanity of it, and I think that it's yeah. really, I think it's a really good portrayal. And we find out that the vaccine works. She didn't get sick, and so yeah, time to mass produce, and time to mass ship. But again, <laughs> still more complicated because uh, day one thirty one, Lawrence Fishburne's house gets raided <laughs> because I guess they found out he was CDC. Which yeah, I mean at that point you have to figure out. You have to realize it's one of the neighbors. Like, yeah, I mean, who else would it be? Like nobody else is going to randomly say, "Oh, he's he's from the CDC." Yeah, if I, yeah, it's like you, 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 CDC. He has to have the cure, right? And no, he doesn't because it's not. It's and not he just said, and he just so happens to literally be getting it the day after. Yeah. <laughs> One day you're, later, you're a day early, buddy. <laughs> Son of a bitch, yeah, bastard. <laughs> I'm I'm getting it tomorrow, asshole. Damn it. Yeah, so Jude also goes to the park to talk and. We find out that he is kind of like he he would be the patron saint of anti-vaxxers because he totally is an anti-vaxxer in this movie. He's like, you know, no one yeah. no one knows in the shots, you know, no one knows what it could cause. You hear they skipped a lot of the legal process with the trials, and he also realizes that the guy he's talking to is wearing a wire. <laughs> we see his we yeah, see so his an he, adorable yeah. little run. Yeah. His run, is, his run is funny in this movie. 
But my thing is, and like I, you can kind of side with like Jude Law's character because you can kind of understand that you know what what are like what is out there that they're not telling you about. I think, but he goes on to like a grander scale. Like, what if all like eight years down the road, nine years down the road, you're you're getting this and that? It's like, well, you you have that shot with anything you do, really, you know. Yeah, but but he, yeah, it, it is. He, he's a super conspiracy conspiracy theorist, though, for sure. Uh, but yeah, he so he basically gets arrested for a conspiracy, something else, and uh, manslaughter. Uh, may, maybe maybe manslaughter. They can't prove they can't prove that one. Just What's it for manslaughter? For which one? Well, it's it's because well well manslaughter would be because he told people Forsythia would cure them, so if they died. Okay. Legal. Okay. If they died on his advice legally, that would be his fault. But legally, I mean, I, I get it. But then, and like in a thing during a, like a complete you don't have pandemic. A lot of you, you know what I mean? Lot, you don't have a lot of grounds to to charge. Probably, yeah. That case probably get thrown out of court, but you know, it's just arresting. Well, just because of the grand scale of people that are like meeting their demise with this disease, you know what I mean? Like they would probably have contracted it and died anyway. You know? Yeah. Okay, that makes uh, sense though. But yeah. So, anyways, uh, they we find out that the state is doing well. The government is doing a lottery for this, uh, for for this cure. So, like, basically, like they have like, okay, and we have this giant tube, bunch of balls inside. We're gonna spin it. If it's got a bunch, bingo. Of, ball's got a bunch of birthdays. <laughs> I got, I got bingo. I got the vaccine. <laughs> the ball's got a bunch of birthdays. If your, if your birthday, comes it's a day up, before my birthday. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, basically, like you. Uh, the day before. You you roll it. If if your birthday comes up, you are allowed to go get vaccinated. So yeah, uh, Damon's daughter's number is not coming up, which means he still has to go inside, or she still has to stay inside. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, we finally cut back to Marion Cotillard in Hong Kong, and we see that uh, life there hasn't maybe hasn't been so bad. Like she looks like she's having a good relationship with the kids. Uh, it's not as hectic as what's going on no, from not. where she left, you know. No, it's not, and yeah. So she, and now the cure's out. They can finally give her back, so she can finally go home. So, yeah, uh, they go. They, they go to meet uh, her contact from the WHO. They give him a case of the vaccine. They try it on her. It's one of those nasal spray injections. Uh, and yeah, they get they get they let her go. So then they go back to. Uh, the airport, and this is like the ultimate gut punch scene in this movie, because yeah. they go. He's sitting down with her associate, and she's just, and he's just like, "What's this?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, this, this is your, this is your real, this is your cure, or your vaccine." He's like, "Wait, what? What, what about what? What about what you gave them?" It's like, "Oh, it's a bunch, bunch of placebos." I guess like, so I then guess, yeah, I, yeah, because I guess these. Uh, well, he says like these kidnappings are pretty common, so I guess it's like the government policy, especially of China, to not give in to terrorist demands. And she just like runs out in a panic, and like I was thinking to myself, yeah. like, like where's where it going to go next? Never comes back. No, that, that's done. Like that's completely done. And this is kind of my bigger problem with this movie. Like I, I, I like it overall, but like this, I feel like this film was trying to do a little too much, because like you, just, you could get like three or four great movies out of this premise. You could, and I think another thing you could have probably done, Chance, is probably added like 20 more minutes of runtime to make it two hours, you know, to maybe just examine what, because you know she wants to leave, and I think she wants to warn, 
the people that took the antidote or whatever that it's placebos is not the real thing. And I and you kind of hope that somehow she gets she gets them you know what they need. I mean, I, I right. th- to me that's what I'm watching it. That's what I'm getting out of it. You know what I mean? But like I was thinking about this today, like Marion Cotillard storyline, it could be a great movie in and of itself. Like, think about it. If you have yeah. this woman who was kidnapped into this village, but then gets, you know, kind of bomb with these people. So, like, when the cure happens, she wants it to get to them. She wants these people to not be sick. And then, you know, this yeah. happens. And then this happens. And, and yeah, I mean, then, yeah, you fill the ending yourself. But, yeah, I think that could be a great movie. I think, he's just... I think that, I think that, uh, just, you know, just the side, uh, the, the, mission, the mission cure could. In of itself, the mission yeah. to cure the disease could be a great movie itself. Matt Damon being like in the heart of society breaking down could be a great movie. It's just there's, there's a lot you could do in here. It just, I just feel he's like just juggling a lot. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the juggling kind of detracts from this movie. Like it, it does give give it a great scale, but I feel it detracts from what could be like a really, really like great, great telling of a virus story. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, like I said, like I said, last scene, Mary Cotillard in this movie. Uh, we find out that Jude Law, well, according to the government, Jude Law was never sick, or so yeah. they so they claim, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. you, you, d- you don't know if that's actually true. Yeah, you don't because he could have had the symptoms again, just like even what's going on now, and and not you know you're not uh, showing any symptoms now. Yeah. So yeah, but like we we saw we saw that he had like the red nose and cough before. Which leads us to believe he was sick, but like we, you don't know, like you, you don't know who to trust in this game. I think that's like, a re- I think it's a really good way to portray it. Just like, you know, yeah. Jude, Jude Law is not the most trustworthy guy. Maybe the government is trustworthy. Also, I think it's a really good gray area they tackle in this case. Well, yeah, because like you know, because you know, and like how Jude Law even brings it up with those um, pharmaceutical companies going hand in hand with like hospitals and doctors and stuff like that. You know they're in it for profit too, so they could they would probably steer you astray to you know want to believe something. So Jude Law, what you know what he says in his film, I mean to to a certain extent you kind of kind of like yeah I could see where they could probably sway like the pub, general public. You know what I mean? They kind of manipulate you like that. Yeah, yeah, but so we see we see if the CDC is getting their mandatory virus, or oh, not the man, not mandatory virus, <laughs> the mandatory. Uh, uh, oh, it's not mandatory. Complimentary. You, you, you take this, damn it. Complimentary. <laughs> it's optional. I don't want to. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Hold him down. Optional. I don't want it. Okay. The end. <laughs> but they're but they're getting oh, their shit. they're getting their vaccines. Fishburne gets his. Yeah. And in a really touching scene, he gives it to John Hawks' son, so he doesn't get. Yeah, it. which now, I like. Yeah, now it's 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 worth noting that uh, early in the movie when he was on the phone with his wife, John Hawks was there. He overheard. He's just like, I got, I got people too. And it's kind of implied that he's the yeah. one. He's also part of the reason that the information that he, you know, the 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 reason that people found out that he leaked the information to the lockdowns was because of him too. He never officially confirmed it, but yeah, yeah. And in response to that, he decides to give his vaccine to his son which yeah i do like i do i do yeah. like that so i think it's showed that he's grown a lot as a character and that he you know he understands that you know not not everyone is as lucky as he is so he's taking care of people, yeah he's taking care of people around him and i think that's a re- i think that's a really I, I think it's really a nice touch for him he's just like yeah you know it, it, it beats waiting seven seven months because 
yeah, it's a, but he, he knows he's going to get it though. Huh? Oh yeah, he, he knows he'll get it uh, eventually. He, yeah, but I like how he like kind of like uh, leads on to his wife that he you know he has the wristband on, so he's like, yeah, I can't give this you know wristband to you, blah blah blah. So he has to wear it to like therefore like he said he was vaccinated in air quotes just so like yeah. part of their protocol, I guess. Uh, so yeah, he gives he gives the vaccine to his wife. It's it's the vaccine is saved in the same place as H one N one, and I guess the cure for the regular flu cases happens again. And SARS, and SARS, I saw in there too. Oh, SARS, that SARS is the other one. Yeah. Uh, we also see that. Uh, well, there's a scene where earlier where like in order to go out, you get a wrist like the wristband we talked about. You have to scan yeah. that, and that verifies that you're not sick, in which you can go out. And yeah. Go about your business. So he goes mm-hmm. to a store. Gets a uh, dress for his daughter, and we see that he's putting together a prom in his living room for his daughter. And I thought for a second, just like, oh, is, is he going to be a prom? That's kind of weird, but that's oh, luck. What happened? That's what I thought. It, that's luck. what I thought too. I'm like, it, it was funny because like I obviously have seen have seen it like a couple more times than you, but then like the first time, I'm like, I'm like, he's not going to dance. That that'd be really weird. But then totally, then I mean, I'm like, well, thank God, like her boyfriend or whoever the kid she's talking with is it, at the door or whatever. It, 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 it'd, be, it'd be sweet of him to do it, but as luck would have it, guess who, guess little, who got the vaccine? A little weird. A little weird. But what are the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah, uh, he just so happened to get the vaccine. And yeah. They picked my birthday. Yeah, uh, best best scene of Damon acting in this movie, though, is when he fi- finds the camera and see, like, all, sees all the pictures yeah. of his wife. A cheating bitch. <laughs> Everyone with Pouch almost killed humanity. Yeah, way to go. Just uh, yeah, hope hope it was worth it. Hope it go, was a good booty call. Way to go, Pepper. Seriously. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he has the camera. Like he, he bro- the scene where it breaks down is so great. Matt Damon is such a great actor. Oh, you can tell he's just so heartbroken. Like he he is holding in his hand the, the camera that was taking pictures like while she was out, and he knows that like she cheated on him and stuff like that. And just the fact that like. Everything happened so fast. When she came back, it was like she's sick, and then she, she's, you know, going to the hospital, you know, and then she dies suddenly, and then he just can't process all that stuff that's going on. He just he collapses, and he just he just you know breaks down and cries. You feel for the character for sure. You do. You really do. But then, yeah. So yeah, he, he uh, his daughter has, his, has her prom dates, and we think that's the end. But oh, it turns out no, because we go see that a bulldozer that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's company owns. It's going, and now what I thought this was, I thought it was like, oh, and like it hits a tree, and like bats come out. I'm just like, oh no, it's gonna happen again. I like this though. I like this. I, was, I, th- I thought it was gonna happen, like you know, imp- imply it's gonna happen again. But uh, bat knocks loose, no, grabs a piece of like banana or plantain or something. Then it, it keeps flying. Then it gets, he drops it into uh, a pig crate. Yeah, then the pig eats or pig pig eats whatever the bat dropped. Yeah, and the the someone takes the pig. It gets used for cooking. A chef sticks like a finger in its mouth to kind of like clean it out. And obviously like, didn't wash his hands. Obviously, no, obviously not because we see him just like wipe it on on his smock, and shakes hand with Gwen yeah. Paltrow. We see that this is day one. We find out this is how the virus started. Like, oh, like, oh shit! That's that's such a cool way to tie it back together. I love this ending. Yeah, it's 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 a great ending. Love the ending. Such a cool way to bring the thing back full circle. Absolutely, I I love the ending of this film. And that was Contagion. So, final thoughts, Russell? 
Yeah, I mean, again, when I saw the movie when it first came out, it was one of those ones where, you know, you think, oh, yeah, you know, it's scary, you know, to if that would ever happen. Um, the acting in it's really good. And kind of how you said, yeah, Soderbergh's kind of juggling with a lot of different storylines. But overall, I think the film's still effective in, in itself. Um, and now, during this pandemic, having viewed this twice within the last, like, month, nine years later, it's like, oh, my God. All the, like how we said throughout the episode – it's a lot of things are spot on. I mean, granted, not to the grander scale that these numbers are, because like millions and millions and millions of people have got infected and died in this film. But still, it's just that that realness of this disease, the realness of the spread of it, the transmitting it, and and stuff like that that's really scary and haunting. So to me, like I think this film really does um, do a good job at like portraying what's happening now. You know? Yeah, I think it's. Uh... I think it's a really interesting portrayal of this kind of thing, but something, 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 uh, something I just told you that I, I never seen this movie. Prior to this review, I yeah, which never is a shocker. Seen Contagion, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, watching this, this is I'm I'm glad we got to review it because yeah, this yeah. is a really grand, a really realistic portrayal of what would happen. It's something this catastrophic would happen, and it goes to show because we're in that situation kind of right now. I mean, it's not like yeah we're extreme. living it yeah it's not this extreme but this is kind of where we are but no, it's... and i think yeah that, absolutely yeah soderbergh great director did a great job with this film i love the cast the performances and i love the tone is fantastic has a great sense of editing to it oh I do, absolutely i do think it would benefit more from like either like trimming some storylines i think jude laws isn't necessary i think i think giving jude law an entire plot line isn't necessary i think you could have just brought him in for a couple scenes uh, I think it just had him talk a little bit about like conspiracy theorists and kind of then booted them away. I, yeah, I think could have benefited from having something extended, some things condensed, maybe you know dropping a couple yeah. couple plot lines, making some of those. I think it would be really interesting to do like, you know, what if like Steven Soderbergh made like the Contagion trilogy, and like have like Matt like Matt Damon's storyline is one is one thing. Matt Damon's, yeah. Damon's storyline is like one movie. Lawrence Fishburne's storyline is another movie. And then uh, the fa- the last movie is uh, Marion Cotillard. Marion, yeah. I think that. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. That approach would have been interesting, but as as it stands right now, this is a really really good movie, and I'm glad we got to visit it, uh, or to, or I'm glad I got to watch for the first yeah. time. I'm glad you guys revisit it. So that's gonna do it for Absolutely. us. Absolutely, that's gonna do it for us here. Russell, you want to give your plug for our plugs before we head out? Yeah, it's uh, notorious by chance on Facebook. Go ahead and join the group there. We're almost at three thirty. Growing, gr- we're growing, we're getting there. Um, that's where we put the polls up, so you get there and vote every week when we put the polls up. Uh, then you can find us on YouTube as well. We're going to be putting content out eventually, uh, but Notorious by Chance is the uh, name of the YouTube channel, so go ahead and get there, subscribe, like, comment, all that fun stuff. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Chance, with underscore 91. Uh, that's really it. I mean, Schmodown's kind of at a standstill right now because like, so because of this, we can't shoot anything, but they're doing a whole bunch of cool Patreon exhibition matches. And if I, if I, if I ever have anything to plug else i will definitely bring it here but uh that's gonna do it for us and we will see you next time